Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 67, Linux for Kids. Recorded September 23th, that's what it says in the show notes, 23th, 2012. And brought to you by Element OP Productions. Oh, it's been changed. September 23rd, 2012. And brought to you by Element OP Productions. Element OP.com. <laughs> the inanity has begun. The insanity oh, has begun. Lord. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark, and with me, as always, is Mr. Seth Anderson, the gooey kid. Hi, Seth. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the wonderful world of Linux. And, of or- course, alongside, well, actually, I'm in the between them, uh, the gooey kid is the command line godfather, the yet and yang of Linux, Mr. Chris Neves. Hi, Christopher. Hello, 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 everyone in cyberspace. It's important that you balance your command line with <laughs> your gooiness. With your gooiness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but too much gooey is not a bad thing. Yeah, well, it can be, just like anything else. You know, it's you got to have your food pyramid of 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 geekdom, <laughs> right? And some gooey is good, but too much gooey makes your teeth fall out or something. Yeah, well, it sounds like yeah, see, that today, started out as a bad joke, and then I just chased it and chased it and chased it, and it never got better. You beat no. all all resemblances of a joke <laughs> out of it, and it was just bad. But you did segue well into my first warm-up issue of the Mad Dash for me, because we had a tooth issue for my daughter. We had to drive to Billings. If anyone looks on the map and looks at Billings in Montana or in Glendive, it's about four hours on the freeway to get there, because that's the only that's the, the closest place that does seda- um, sedation for teeth repair for little kids. Wow. So yes, yeah, it, so, it was great fun. So what happened? She broke a tooth. Um. Well, we didn't. Things, we didn't know she broke a tooth until we got there, and they looked at it and went, oh, my God, there's nothing left of that tooth. We had to put a crown on it. And so now I get to go back there and say two weeks for her cavities to be filled, too. So this is going to be a fun set of trips, let me tell you. So you've been feeding her too much gooey is what happened, and her teeth are rotting. <laughs> uh, no, not me. Not me. I'm the apples and, and pears and good food. And, and command my mother. In command lines, and my mother is the gooeys and the sodas and the chewies. So, you know, I, I had a, a dentist friend of mine tell me once that yes, uh, what you eat certainly plays into it, as does everything. But for the most part, whether or not you have cavities is like eighty percent genes and twenty yep. percent what you eat. Uh, you know, some people just are born with terrible teeth, and some people are born with great teeth, and that's just it bees that way. So brushing is zero percent of it. <laughs> well, brushing certainly <laughs> helps. I mean, healthy teeth that are not taken care of will fall out. Just ask anybody in England. Ouch! Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> assuming you brush your teeth and and they do basic dental hygiene, it really all comes down to genetics. Yep. And some people have good teeth, and some people have poor teeth, and those poor souls need to get their teeth fixed. And speaking of the NFL, uh, how we how we feeling about the uh, the the replacement? And speaking of replacements, I'm going to interrupt my bad segue with a bad segue. One of my favorite uh, bad movies was on TV last night. Uh, the replacements with Keanu uh-huh. Reeves, the bad news bears uh-huh. of football. One of the many bad news bears of football. Uh, Necessary roughness is another bad news bears of football um, that I liked. But anyway, it was on last night, and I really liked it, and, and I, I, I watch it every time it's on. Ironically, though, I've never seen it from beginning to end. I've only picked it up at some point in the movie while it was on television. Uh, but it just now, like just this moment, th- this very second, occurred to me why that show was on. Because we have replacement officials in the NFL, and they took this opportunity yep. to play the refle- ref- ref- replacements, not refreshments. That's a different thing altogether. So anyway, um, you know, anybody who's watched enough games have, has, has known that uh, these guys are not uh, up to par. If, if they were, they would have been in there in the first place, right? Yes. You know, and speaking of bad movies, I actually found one more enjoyable than the uh, football game that was on the local Dallas affiliate, which was the Dallas Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you wanted to just see some bad football... Um, 
you know, maybe see if uh, you can find uh, somebody recording that game for punishment or uh, as an alternative to waterboarding. But the officials <laughs> did all that they could to drag it down to a new level of sloppiness. Um, it was just, it was bad. And, you know, I still watch the NFL, but I don't put up with bad near as long as I do, especially with the replacement officials. And the biggest gripe I have is that they're not uniform. You know, with the with the regular officials, if if this was a pass interference call, it was pretty much going to be that every time. If looking at the quarterback's helmet got you a penalty, <laughs> it would do that every time. And I mean, I just happened to see this one play, and it was like somebody took a sledgehammer to Tony Romo's helmet repeatedly, and there was there was no call. Um, and but anyway, I just think they are really bad, and so I am watching much less NFL than I was. And so now we're going to bring the uh, Element OP network to bear and see if we can't get this right. situation resolved. And honestly, I want to be fair. I, I truly believe that these guys are doing the best job they can do. They're just yeah. not, they, they've never seen football this fast. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you work your way up. You start at, you start uh, officiating high school and then you move into to low-level college. And up. It, just like anything else, the, the, the officials follow the players. And as they get better, they move up. And these guys just weren't good enough to be in the NFL. NFL. They've never seen football this fast. They've never had to watch this many things at once. And, and while they're doing the best they can and they also they, they, most of them are college officials. So I've Not even them, D1 college officials. Right. I've D3. seen them make I've seen them make some uh calls that would be right in college but are not right in the NFL and they just haven't been able to make that adjustment. Yeah. You notice the officials and the and the fact that there isn't a flow to the game. That's that's a big thing. You know, with the other official with the regular officials, the game gets a flow and a rhythm and they're kind of part of it. You know, you don't want to notice them but you know, you don't want to notice these bad calls and these. I, I was watching one play where if the uh, receiver hadn't adjusted his path to the end zone, he would have ran over one of the officials who didn't know to get out of the way and let the receiver by. I was just like, come on, guys. You know, well, and there was that play where the, the official threw his hat on the field right in front of a Dallas receiver who then tripped on it. Uh, it, it was. Uh, I, I was not. I was watching this movie called Blindness. <laughs> which turned out to be a pretty bad movie, but I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe that was what the NFL refs watched before the game start, because uh, it was. Uh, anyway, I I saw a little bit of the beginning of the Cowboy game and a little bit of the end, and you know that's thirty minutes of my life I will never get back. Yeah, see, typically uh, a ref, an official will throw his hat to mark uh, maybe a a fumble or somebody went out of bounds or you know or it's a not second on, penalty. It's, Right, it's not uncommon for somebody to do that. If they've already used their flag or they don't want to use their flag, they'll throw their hat. I don't know in this case why the guy threw the the hat because it, neither of the usual things apply. But he threw it right like he couldn't have thrown it better. He couldn't have timed it any better. Like just before uh, the receiver's foot came down in the end zone, the hat landed there. He slipped on it, fell, and of course that took him out of the route and it ended up being an incomplete pass. Uh, so it was it was really I interference on the part of the official. Wow, yeah. I but missed I, that one. The officials are live and in place, so you know they should have ran a sweep to that official next time. <laughs> all unnecessary roughness. Yeah, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. Uh, and one last little bit of uh, non-useful warm-up. In fact, I, by the way, I just want to say this: I got a. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me. I, I wish I did, but we got some feedback from a listener. Thank you guys for doing that. You guys have, have really been stepping it up. We've whined long enough that you've started uh, sending us some feedback. One of, one of the guys said, I love Yay. your show. It's the perfect mix of personal insight and personal stories and tech news and, and, and hardcore stuff. And so I appreciate that because for every one of those I get, I get 50 saying, you talk about bacon too much. Just get to the Linux. But my thing for that is, you know, Wait, I don't what I don't understand those words. What did right. you say? The, the way I say that is, if that's if this part of the show, this first part that we call the warm up, isn't for you, go listen to another show. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just saying this is our show, and if you don't like it, there are lots of other shows out there. And, and while we appreciate you being a listener to this one, and we want to encourage you all, I'm not going to hold you hostage. Uh, so you know, 
it's it's you you make the choice and this is the show we do we do a standard format on this show we do uh, a personal stories time we do linux news and then we do the topic and that's that's the way it is so thank you listeners whose name i don't remember uh listener whose name i don't remember uh for saying that that you appreciate the way we do it so having said all that bacon uh, you know, I mentioned, yeah. I mentioned some time ago that I started some, my second batch of bacon curing in my, uh, my new, new, uh, meat refrigerator, meaning one that a guy was going to throw out and I picked up off his back porch. Um, <laughs> and I just finished it takes, you know, it takes three weeks to do the way I do it. I mean, you can do it in 24 hours. Uh, and, but then I sliced it up last week, like Sunday, a week ago today, uh, and, but then literally never had an opportunity to cook it. We, we had meals planned or whatever, and we just, we didn't cook bacon. I know how bizarre is that? We had bacon in the fridge and didn't cook it. But just this week, just, uh, I think it was Wednesday. We finally got to some of my super thick, like inch and a half thick slices. They were, they were steak. They were not bacon. They were steak, pork belly chunks. And I got to say, it was a little salty, frankly. I, I, I probably would, would have uh, dialed back the salt a little bit if I had my choice, but it was way better than anything I've ever bought in a store. So make your own bacon, people. It's really not hard. All you need is some pork belly and, and a cold place to store it for a while. Which is work. hard in Texas <laughs> <hungry>. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Have you had dinner yet, Chris? We record early for you. It's, uh, it's 6 p.m. No. for you. No. Okay. So let me tell you more about this bacon. <laughs> jerk <laughs> and we're having pork shoulder tonight too so you jerk <laughs> <laughs> well you know i've been smelling it cook i've been smelling it cook since like 10 o'clock this morning along with the pine the um banana bread pumpkin bread and cookies so yeah it's been a great day for me not having to eat yet so yeah thanks mark so this is just how you guys eat on a regular weekend day man no I wanna, no I move it, to your it's, house it's it's the start of her baking season, as my oh, wife okay. puts it. She starts about now and finishes about my birthday in February. Well, when a kid's so, tooth blows up, naturally what you want to do is make banana bread, right? That's the that's the thing you do. But, but Maybe you could get some jerky to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> feed her banana up. bread's good bribery. So if you want to bribe yeah. your neighbors to do things for you, you feed them banana bread. Feed her a slowpoke. You know those big, long caramel things on a stick? That ought to be good for her. Yeah, I'm sure our dentists would just love that. They could just, you know, buy a new car off of this thing. <laughs> How many teeth would come out? So, <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> don't even want to even think about that, Bill. This no. is the best candy I've ever eaten. <laughs> and there's three or four teeth stuck in it or on the road. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. What a great way to, to make me happier. Well, Jerk. I do what I can. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to the news of the week. We have a rather lengthy news section, as always, thanks to Seth, who likes to go out and do this sort of stuff. And I'm glad he does, because I don't. I get all I get my thrill uh, fill of that for uh, the periodic table. Which, by the way, if you're not listening to that, you must. Go right now. Pause this show. Go download this week's episode of the periodic table. The first 45 seconds of that show are the funniest podcast moments I've ever put together in, in all the time I've ever done this. So just go right now. Pause it. We'll wait. All right. Now, see, when I tell you that was great. Now go back to the, the week before, because it was even a funnier show. Not the first 45 seconds, but the whole show as overall was good. So check that one out. It's it's become one of our favorite ones, but there's still a, there's a very small niche audience. I know, and I know you don't get it, right? Periodic table. What's that about? It's a dumb pun that now we're stuck with because that's what I named the show. But the it's a it's a news show. It's a talk show. It's a um quick. Give me some it's a lot examples. The- it's to, it's the Today Show. It's it's yep. um. Well, it's uh, the Today Show if you got a bunch of would-be comedians around right. to do it. So. It's it's Meet the Press, <laughs> only not. Uh, we just we gather news stories that are interesting to us. Yahoo not- has a thing called The Odd News, uh, and there's another one called The Broken News, where they find funny, stupid stories and make yeah. fun of them. Uh, that's a lot like what we do, but they yeah, don't have the pizzazz. They just have, and it's not always it's not always bizarre. It's not always funny. I mean, we had a lot of serious stuff on the plate this week. It's just it's stuff that interests us. 
Uh, and it's myself, it's Aaron Butler, who used to be on this show, uh, and Sean Keibel, who's on the Tightwad Tech. And then we usually rotate in uh, a, a guy or two here and there as the weeks go by. Um, and we just it's just stuff that's interesting to us, and then we just make fun of stuff. So <clears throat> go check it out. Now, Linux news. Android and Linux are together again, but they never were really apart. Well, um, Android for a while was kind of like a fork of Linux, but with uh, Linux 3.3, they're pretty much uh, back in the kernel, so to speak. There's still a couple of little minor issues where what they do isn't so much Linux, but it's kind of pure Android, but they're working to get those put back in. Um, it was It kind of started... Um, in 2010, a Google engineer named Patrick Brady, he said, Android is not Linux, um, you know, and because it, it really wasn't, but they've worked and brought what Android does back inside the base stuff of what Linux is. So, um, Right, and, just, and that's the same as saying BSD is not Linux. They're not. They started from a common co- code uh, years ago. You know, Mac OS is not Linux, but they're, they're very close. And, and Android uh, phones have a kernel in them there's the android kernel right and then all the the apps that run on them are are java apps um so they've come back together and now they're running linux kernels instead of android kernels right if you which is good it's the better of all it's the best thing for all all parties because then you're not splitting the development community you're actually you know hopefully bringing more development to the linux kernel which will then turn into better android kernels and or better android devices and better linux kernels too so and more interoperability right because not yeah, only are okay. they now using the linux kernel but they're uh everything that's applicable they have slipped back into the linux kernel so they have linux is now more mobile friendly because of the work that android has done and android yeah. of course exists because of the works that the linux community have done so it's a good thing yeah i It'd thought it was to see what happens if if uh Li- if linus can uh get most of that stuff reworked back in like you said he's going to because there's still some stuff that's missing so it's just a couple sure of things though this, this actually happened a lot sooner than people thought it would people were thinking yeah. in three to five years maybe android would be back in the linux fold but apparently it was more like three to five months um and there's just a couple of little things that haven't done i think wake locks whatever that is uh, is the main thing but um and and a couple of power management issues and things because things are done differently on an ARM chip than they're done on an Intel chip. That's right. Yeah. That's the core of it, really. It'll be interesting to see how much of that because uh, three point three hasn't been released to anybody yet. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that power savings that they figured out on the on those on the Android chips will will benefit the Linux or the Intel chips. It'll be interesting to find out. All right, and then a couple of twin articles. Uh, that tell us what we already know. Uh, Apple is crushing the tablet market. Android is crushing the smartphone market. Yeah, well, I like to throw numbers in here, Mark, because I know how much you love them. But um, There's Apple, 400% more improvements. Yes, no, Apple has approximately 70% of the tablet market, which is up over 10% from this time last year. Um, uh, yeah, so they're... They're really winning the tablet business, and Android has uh, the major markets between 60 and 70%, depending on if some of the countries you consider major countries or not. But, oh, between 60 and 70% are Android, and iOS percentage has actually fallen um, in Europe, but it's kind of stayed the same in uh, the rest of the country. So, yeah, so, you know, Apple's winning the tablets, and uh, Android's winning the smartphones. I couldn't really find in there links to actual numbers of, you know, what these, because uh, I'm curious how how much bigger is the smartphone market than the tablet, or has it switched already? Or, you know, I I wasn't able to find those numbers in the context of the story. But anyway, so there you go. Uh, lots of numbers thrown out there. Yeah, and, and basically Android, uh, Google likes to say, you know, 500 million Android activations a day and, and that sort of thing. Uh, these are all 
uh, not all, but largely uh, Asian and European, uh, where Android pho- phones are just now sort of getting there, where right. Nokia had the, the death grip for a long time, and yeah. they're starting to lose it. In the, in the U.S., pretty much, I mean, this is, a, this is a gross overstatement, so treat it as such. Pretty much everybody who was going to have a smartphone at this point does. Um, there's not a whole lot of growth overall in the smartphone market. There's a lot of jockeying back and forth, but there's not there the the people the key demographics you know of like 19 to to 45 the people who are gonna have smartphones already do, and so the growth yeah. has really slowed down a lot. It's not that meteoric meteoric thousand percent every quarter sort of stuff anymore. It's just this the slow plotting that you expect once you reach a saturated market. Yep. I'm holding out. I'm rocking my Motorola Razor because uh, I can't afford a <laughs> smartphone. But uh, but see, I got you covered, Seth, because I have five smartphones in this this house. So I'm I'm keeping the numbers balanced. I appreciate there that, you Mark. Go. Yeah, me too. Thanks for th- thanks for covering my butt too, there, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny that uh, we're on a tech podcast and. Two thirds of the hosts don't have smartphones. Well, one of one third of the hosts doesn't even have a, a cell phone. Nope. Wow. No cell phone for this kid. But I do have a Google Voice number and a Skype number. So does that count for anything? Uh no. Okay. Th- thank you for playing. Try anyway. So, uh, Seth, what is a Clover <laughs> Trail, and why do we care? Well. Actually, I was looking back, and I don't remember if we covered this last week or not, but there was an outcry. Clover Trail, Clover Trail is like the next um, Intel kind of ARM or Atom CPU, Atom. Uh, you know, the reduced power, uh, long battery life kind of thing. And when it first came out, there was a lot of rumblings and rumors that it was not going to support Linux. Uh, and... Like I say, I was... But that it would support Windows 8. Yes. It was kind of... It was like, Windows 8 only. Uh, the trail is closed for you, Lionel. Um, but anyway, it turns out that... Um, I don't know what the story... What the what information that was based on, um, but there are several links out there that reported it has news, but it does work on Linux, and apparently it was just a bunch of... Uh, I don't know, rumors gone amok or some bad information out there. But their next version will run Linux and Android uh, just fine. Um, so, you know, don't, you know, we can not go up in arms over this. We got plenty of other things to go up in arms about, but not this particular thing. Well, the, the Linux community will take any chip and write software for it. Right. That's why when I first saw the story, I knew it was bogus because... Uh, okay, maybe Intel isn't offering support for it. That doesn't mean Linux is going to work on it. Right. Somebody's going to hack it. I mean, you can get a Linux um, uh, kernel on an old Atari 2600. I mean, yep. if there's hardware out there, there will be a Linux that runs on it. One yeah. way or another. But, you know, it's kind of that um, it's kind of that backward engineering thing versus support from the manufacturer it, just because something runs doesn't necessarily mean it, it runs well. And if you don't get that first, you know, kernel level zero inside the inside the hardware support, then your performance isn't going to be as good. So um, anyway, it was just it will run uh, Linux just fine. And they kind of go through and they talk about Active Idle and the Haswell Power Management Innovation and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, like most other things, I'm sure they won't necessarily build Linux up, but they are providing Linux uh, people the tools to do it just as well. So anyway, I I had put it in the last week's news, and I don't remember if we talked about it or not. So uh, I wanted to throw this in there to kind of, you know, make up for it. I felt, I felt obliged to the masses to put this one in. All right, and so apparently in... Uh the the upcoming version of Ubuntu, uh, if you're searching the Ubuntu store, you will find uh, slipstreamed in your replies uh, sponsored results from Amazon. Oh, my God! Shuttleworth is selling out! Ah! Yeah, you know, it's ooh, it's kind of nice that, you know, it's what is coming to the Linux world is something Windows users have been dealing with for <laughs> for 
decades now. Um, so, so basically what we're saying is there are sponsored results in a search query. What's yeah. new about this? Where's the patent on this one? Well, the, yeah, no the thing is, though, it's, it's not like you're searching Google for what's a great program in Ubuntu to write documents. You're like in the Ubuntu repository or even on your own computer. You're not wanting to necessarily go out to the Internet, but instead the Internet is crashing through demanding to be represented right. in anything you do. So. Well, like, like you're, say you're in the, uh, the Ubuntu store and you type Linux tablet, you're going to get the Kindle Fire listed first because it's a sponsored result. We're all accustomed to this. This is nothing new. We don't get all bent out of shape when uh, uh, Google does it. The issue is that it's it's coming. It's it's embedded in the OS, and people don't yeah. like that. Your OS should be agnostic. Okay, disable that feature and move on. Yeah. So I just. I wanted to make people aware of it mainly, um, you know, since 1210 isn't out and I don't play around with the betas and stuff like that. I don't know how easy it is to uh, turn on or off. Um, and there's some questions over, you know, are your search queries being sent across the web? The tinfoil hat guys, which I consider myself more of a tinfoil visor kind of guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not quite the whole hat, but I'm trying to get there. Um, you know, are you are you losing privacy and anonymity in yet another way? You know, is this just the encroaching to where Amazon's going to put a chip in your brain, and whenever you think tablets, they're going to you know subliminally plant Kindle Fire? Uh, yeah, and I, I certainly I was playing the devil's advocate a little bit there. I see why people you know don't want capitalism encroaching on their open source. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, there's a thousand other spins of Linux that you can try. Let Ubuntu do it, do their thing. And if, if enough people don't like it, they won't use it. And not uh, stop. So but I don't know enough. enough people hated unity and we still have it. So uh, well, that, that's probably because Shuttleworth has a thing for it. So, well, they actually Seth, then there haven't been enough. I mean, we haven't, they, when there's a critical mass, he'll be forced with uh, a decision to abandon it or abandon his product. But yep. there's not enough. There's just a very few that are really loud about it. Well, I mean, I don't know. It, it went from being the number one distro in terms of downloads and usage to two or three, depending on what website you go to and what uh, time of the month it is. And uh, the two above it, or one or two above it, are Ubuntu with Unity ripped out. Right. Yep. So, uh, you know, I would think that would... That would say something, you know, but of course, I'm sure that Shuttleworth Foundation, they're getting some money off this. They didn't just go out and say, hey, Amazon, do you mind if we put some results from right. your marketplace in our, and they're like, no, please don't. We don't want the outcry. They're like, sure, here's some money. Right. Um, but yeah. So and anyway. sticking, sticking with the theme of news that isn't news, <laughs> Ubuntu is, um, has removed point-to-point dial-up uh, packaging from their distribution. In fact, they did it 12 years ago, but nobody noticed because nobody uses dial-up. Yeah, I came across this story, and I just had to... Uh, I thought it was kind of funny because it's like, you know, the thing in here was... Um, uh, he ends up this little article, Happy Waiting, Brad concludes that Ubuntu is for broadband users only. Well, you could scratch out the word Ubuntu and say the internet is for broadband right. users only. <laughs> you cannot have a pleasant browsing experience over dial-up. Now, hey, great, you know, sometimes if, if you want to bust out your command line skills and telnet into some server that's down, okay, I understand that dial-up does have a use, but for casual or business workings on the web, dial-up died last millennium, really, for all practical yeah. purposes. But, you know, you could do dial-up, if you're using something like the Lynx browser that strips out every multimedia function on the page anyway and just gives you plain text. But there's no pages but, that don't have that. You know? <laughs> I mean, well, it's no, like... It'll, it'll, Lynx will actually transcribe a lot of stuff. It's actually a really interesting browser if you ever want to try it. Um, but I've yeah, used it a I couple think, of times when my yeah, X window crashed. I think this would be a bigger story if it were uh, Fedora that had done it uh, or one of these other distributions 
that uh, requires you OpenSUSE, for example, that that requires a giant, huge DVD download, right? Because then you expect everything to be there. But Ubuntu is from uh, from the beginning. Its methodology is we'll give you just the tiniest bit you need, and then we'll download everything else. So why is it surprising that they wouldn't want you doing that over dial-up? Because right. to do a basic Ubuntu install over dial-up would literally be a weeks-long process. Or longer. That would I would not want to try that. Ugh. I remember- and, and again, and let's let's we're talking about the the GNOME P- PPP uh, uh, packages there. Uh, even uh, in third world countries, developing countries where internet uh, access is uh, is difficult, they're not using dial up. They're using um, like a wireless or or something like that. They don't have the the same telephone system we do. So really, this is only affecting whiny, overprivileged American users. <laughs> So, you know, but, it's, I'm having a hard time getting bent out of shape about it. Yeah, it, you know, and I, I put it under the category I call this one was, um, is this really news? You know, yeah. Um, because, yeah. yeah, I just, it was kind of fun to talk about and, you know, for us to crack jokes about. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I don't understand. I canceled dial-up at my house uh, eight or nine years ago whenever it was just, it was just so awful to do anything on the web using dial up. I, where I worked, I ended up, I bought a big flash drive and if it was something I wanted to read or whatever, I would save it to that flash drive and I would bring it home and I would look at it on my computer because I, I could not handle dial up. And, and if the, and for many years, then the only choice at my house was dial up satellite or nothing. And, you know, and I would choose dial up before I chose satellite. So the only choice was nothing. And I went without internet for a lot of years because you can't do it. Years ago when Seth used to work for me, he would bring his laptop to work in the morning, queue up like 50 YouTube videos and let them download throughout the day. Paused. He would start, he would play like a half second and pause and let them queue up. And he'd do that. That was like the first 20 minutes of his day was his playlist. And then he'd take it home, take his laptop home at the end of the day, and there was his evening's entertainment pre-queued for him. Yeah, and I, I found some websites that aren't there anymore um, that where you could watch movies. And uh, on the weekend, I would queue up a couple of those in my browser. Um, you know, and uh, that's all perfectly legal and compliant with the terms of use of our previous employer, of course. Correct. Yes, I would not do anything terribly wrong. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, I I couldn't. I you can't do dial up in in today's uh, web browsing experience. All right, guys, we uh, we need to wrap this up. So I'm going to let you guys pick one: a humble indie bundle or Steam. Oh, that's a tough choice. Um, I'm going to say humble because it's uh, time sensitive. All right, take it. If you want, it, it, the, the humble indie bundle is a, of course this is their like. I don't know. This is probably like their ninth version for this, but it's their DRM-free cross-platforms video games for computers. Um, it, it, they're all indie-based. They're great games. The, this particular run of games this time is Dust Force, um, Ricard, Shatter, Spaz, Torchlight, and Vessel. Um, they're all indie-based games. The biggest name out of all that would be Torchlight. Um, which they just released Torchlight 2 last Thursday. This game is a Diablo clone. It's a fun time waster, let's put it that way. Um, I haven't played much of the rest of them, but they are great. Uh, I also, again, have purchased this particular indie bundle and spent most of the uh, the money that I gave him went mostly to the EFF or Child's Play because they're the charities of this time and they're worth sending money to. Um, even if you don't want to pay for the indie bundle, at least go out and donate to Child's Play in the EFF. And so, uh, just by the time this show comes out, you'll have about three days yep. left to do this. Uh, and and Kate, we've talked about it a ton, but in case we get we get new listeners all the time, Humble Indie Bundle is uh, a series of cross-platform, usually open-source uh, software um, that is bundled up. They're all independent developers, and you get it. You pay whatever you want for it. If you want to pay one penny. To download these games, you're welcome you to. You can. 
And there's yep. usually you have to pay something. You can't get it for free, but you have to pay something. You can pay anything though. Um, and there's usually some incentive. Like if you pay six bucks, you get this extra game. If you pay twenty bucks, you get this extra expansion pack or whatever. <clears throat> and consistently over the years, every time they've done one of these, the Linux community, the people who who approach that, and the way they measure that is the people who load their website in a Linux browser and buy the Linux versions of the games. Although I think you get all of them if you download it, but uh, bro- yeah, mainly yeah. they're tracking browsers. The people who use Linux-based browsers give more than the Windows and the Mac people every time. It's never not been true, and this yeah. time it's an average of about four dollars more. So they're asking for six. That means that uh, the Linux people are paying ten or more for well, the most part. Yeah, the average purchase price is five eighty-two, and the Linux average is nine eighty-eight. So I'm sure it's a lot more than four because, you know, the Linux average is part of that overall average. So, uh, and I'm one of those guys who skewed the, the rates a little bit for the Linux people. Um, I did 50 because I wanted to donate. So oh, good. Uh, that means I can go download it for a penny and not feel bad about yeah, it. Yeah, I can too. And uh, still keep represent Linux. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice system. And so far, uh, this particular bundle, they have gotten, let's see, that's a million, a million and a quarter so far with uh, nine days, still eight days. What, 22 eight hours, days? 17 minutes. Yep. So, yeah, they, they've, they've, this is a rocking pack, and it's worth every penny, and they've done a big chunk to the charities this time so yeah and the way and the way that works is the the developers ask for a certain amount so like they they're asking for six bucks that's what will cover the humble indie bundle infrastructure cost and what the developers are asking anything over that goes straight to the charity you pick and you get to pick the charity they have a list of several that you can choose from and so like well this particular one is they you don't get to pick this time they it's split between eff and child's play 50 percent so if you give like mine, I gave like twenty five. I think I was the split was like twenty five dollars to charity was strictly to charity, and so that means half of my twenty five dollars goes to EFF and half of the twenty five goes to ch- uh, Child's Play. So, so it's a it's a good way to to build up some karma points and get stuff you like. Exactly, and you, if you don't want the games and you're going to send it to somebody else, it is giftable. So you can gift it to somebody. They'll get the code in their email. Um, also, if you pay more than a dollar, and if you're a Steam person, you can download it all through Steam. They give you Steam um, redeem codes. So there's, again, even more more point that Steam is slowly coming to take over the gaming world. So there you go. Humble Indie Bundle number eight? Six. This is Six. six. But okay. they've done a bunch for like Android. I, th- I think they've done three Android ones that were not only Android you could play them on your computers too, but they were a- Android, you know, centric. Um, so this is the sixth one for computer gaming. I think th- it's the ninth one total that they've done, if I remember right. And that's a cool thing. Uh, all right, wrapping on up with that and moving on to the uh, topic at hand. A listener by the name of Robert Williams uh, sent us this uh, message that prompted this show. Robert says, I have a friend. It's always a friend, isn't it? It's never, nobody ever asks for themselves. I have a friend. I have a friend who wants to load up a couple of old computers with a version of Linux that will allow them to get on the computer when she gets home. That will be, uh, well, there's a whole sentence there left out. <laughs> uh, a whole part of that sentence that's very important. He's talking about for the kids. Okay, so uh, her friend has a couple of old computers. He wants to uh, to load up Linux so that when her kids get home from school, uh, that they'll have some fun and uh, uh, that will be, uh, he says, very tight in what it allows them to do, i.e. secure, um, what they can browse on the web, what they can download, etc. Do you have any advice for her? Now, that's two questions. That's uh, applications and tools that are kid-centric and uh, parental controls um the parental controls available in linux are pretty much the same across the board uh and weak (laughs) that's my assessment of it you you can you can control firewalls and that sort of stuff but there's not anything like net nanny as far as i know available on linux anybody knows something out there correct me on that so uh we're we're not going to have much for you 
in that regard. Set up OpenDNS and and do that would be my advice. Um, how does Dan's Guardian play into that? Is that are you thinking that way too, there, Mark? Because I know Dan's Guardian is supposed to be good parental controls. Yeah, it's good. my thinking of that one is it's more uh, more of a firewall a, enterprise specific. Yeah, it's not okay. it's not something that you install on the computer. At least my experience with it has not been. I've used it a lot, but it's never been on the computer. It's at the perimeter, like Seth said. It's on the firewall. It's uh, uh, yeah, something it's a like gateway that. gateway device. So, and the, the, it's a great tool, and it's free. Go uh, if you got a uh, if you want to build a Boris box. If you don't know what that is, uh, Robert, if you're a new listener. Go back and listen to that episode. I forget what number it is in the 30s. I think the Boris box, uh, and you will find about uh, find out where we talk about building your own uh, firewall slash gateway slash router on your own hardware. Grab an old laptop, put IP cop on it with uh, Dan's Guardian, and you'll have a pointy, clicky, gooey interface for that sort of thing. Yep. Bless and I just you, sir. Sneezed my head off, but I muted that so nobody knew it. Uh, so John. the uh, what we're going to be talking about is primarily tools that uh, uh, tools, d- d- software, and operating systems. Uh, well, it's all the same operating systems. Help me, guys. I'm floundering. Operating systems and distributions. No, that are kids applications are and distributions that are kids specific. Yep. And because um, one of the primary functions or uh, purposes, not functions, not what's the word. One of the things, wow, my brain, that sneeze just blew my brain out. It just <laughs> went away. Um, one of the purposes for these things is one of the One of the primary education. things that kids do with their life is go to school. <laughs> there we go. That's like their job, right? So uh, I have a job. Seth has a job. Chris has a job. Your kids, their job is to go to school and be educated. So oftentimes when you're dealing with, uh, kids software you're dealing with educational software as well so having said all of that this there's all of this stuff is going to have a slant toward education but it's kid specific for yep. the most part yes I, I just really floundered on that one that was yeah you had a rough run on yeah, that one Mark. i'm okay my my brain i have the dumb i can't brain today <laughs> uh and the first one is one everybody's heard of i hope called tux for kids Um, and I'll have a link in the show notes, but you just Google Tux, the number four and kids, uh, is a series of, of games that are old. They've been around a long time. They run in all the major platforms. They were developed initially in Linux, but they're available all over the place. And you've got Tux math and Tux, uh, uh, which is, which, uh, it's, it's like a Mario brothers style game. Um, kind of a side scrolling sort of thing, but the way you get through the game is by typing. Uh, but there's also like some uh, uh, space invaders type stuff, yeah. like some missile command where where something's coming down and you have to blow it up by typing. And actually, I've used this um, with little kids, like seven and eight, all the way up to high school kids. Seniors in high school love this game. And it is it will actually teach you to type. Uh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. That's Tux Typing. I, wow, yeah. my brain went nuts. That's two different games. Tux Math is a math game. Um, can we just start all over again? All right, let's go back to the beginning of the show. Let's let's just scrap the last forty three <laughs> minutes. All right, one more time. So Tux Math, I'm, uh, I've used these for so long; they're all one in my brain. They're just the Tux Suite. Uh, Tux Math is yep. a Mario Brothers type game where you solve uh, math troubles to do it. Tux Paint is um, uh, a paint tool. You like you got stampers and and it's very kid centric. You put stickers on things. There, there are tools like it now for the iPad all over the place and things like that. Yeah. But it's just a fun game, not particularly educational, uh, but fun. And kids um, probably they're going to get bored with it at nine or ten. But under that, it's a game they're going to like. Um, yeah. And then Tux Typing, that's the one I was telling you about, where you have to type certain words, and that's where you have like the Missile Command game and other things like that. Really clever things that I've, that I've worked with all the way up through high school. In fact, I learned to type in part because of Tux Typing. So those hey, are the... You know, go ahead. I was going to say, Mark, not to confuse everybody even more, but the Tux Math has the Missile Command thing that you were thinking as well as Tux okay. Typing does. okay. They both do it. So you were right. You weren't going crazy. All right. That's right. It's the tux of math command is what they call it. And so, yeah, yeah you have these uh, 
things that are trying to destroy you and you have to solve the math problem to shoot them out of the sky. Yep. It's cool stuff. And it's, it's probably good for, uh, these are U.S. designations because I don't know about the educational system anywhere else in the world, but probably fourth grade and down. Above that, yeah. it's really rudimentary math. Uh, yeah, I would, but, I would agree with you. Except for tux typing. Tux typing would be good for, like you said earlier, that would go all the way up into high school level. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of kids, and I'm going to have to bring that up to one of my high school teachers that is always harping on the kids about how fast they can type. Maybe if they had a, a class period or two or have that installed for them to uh, play when they're not doing their normal day-to-day uh, desktop publishing work, maybe they can have that installed for them to tinker with. And uh, so that's the Tux for Kids suite, and you get those, you get all of those. There's other Tux games out there. Um, like if you're not interested in education, you just want to have fun, uh, Tux Racer. It's not at that yep. site, but you can just Google Tux Racer, uh, which is a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, I know. Mario Kart. Mario Kart for Linux. Yeah, I know Tux Racer, at least it used to be on the uh, Trinidad and Tobago open software <laughs> CD they did. It was one of those... Uh, one of those games so it was it was uh, fun so yeah and so these are all available in your repositories on any linux distribution uh for the most part you could just type tux in well you're going to get lots of stuff there but uh in the entertainment category you're going to find that so uh assuming that you're going to have a linux distribution and we'll talk about a couple of them coming on uh up that's a good way to go but that's also good for windows and mac as well yep and uh, probably the 800-pound gorilla of Linux for kids comes to us from the Shuttleworth Foundation, and that's uh, uh, Edge Ubuntu. And it's the it's the only one officially sanctioned by Ubuntu. It's it's one of their anointed uh, distributions, uh, and it's a it's a spin of Ubuntu uh, that I think is available. Uh, with the GNOME or the KDE version, I'm not entirely sure, but it's it's uh, preloaded with education sort of stuff. It's designed for schools. In fact, most people don't know this, but Ubuntu was originally designed, the, the, the original intent of Ubuntu was to be created and given to South African school children. Uh, yep. So there is a strong education um, backbone in the Ubuntu project. So Edge Ubuntu is out there and they do, they take uh, uh, great pains to keep it updated and in sync with the, the regular stuff. Uh, so, and there's three uh varieties there's the uh there when you're installing it it asks you which version that you want to install and you can have a uh, a young version uh or a, a mid-range version or an adult type version that's where all the porn comes from now uh that's <laughs> it and that's the the tools that are in it so the kid for the young version for preschoolers is going to be preloaded with uh like a theme with bigger icons and brighter colors that's easier for for kids to use and it's going to have these tux games and and other things like it on it where if you pick like the primary secondary version you're going to get uh one for uh with like a scientific calculator and the stellarium app for uh stargazing and and, and more uh higher in, uh things like that and then you if you go to the like the the plain version it's uh it's pretty much ubuntu with just a few yeah. uh skin things on it it it's it's largely just ubuntu did i describe that pretty effectively chris yeah yeah you did a really great job of that actually um this is the if you guys were listening last week this is the version that i'm actually getting ready and if anybody's watching live i have it running in the background here um, in my comp- in my shop, uh, this is going to be going out to the preschooler that my daughter goes to, and as a test, I set my daughter in front of it and said, "Go play games." And she, because I have uh, one of the preschool things running on an auto start, so when they first log in, it I'm that's the first thing that opens. Um, she sat in front of that thing and played Tux Paint, and uh, there's a, a a mouse clicking game and a, a find the colored duck. And game, and she just played on that for almost four hours straight. I had to kick her out of out of the office in order for me to do the recording tonight because <laughs> she wanted to play the duck game some more. And how so, old is your daughter, Chris? Four. Right. And she is, you know, honestly, you know, she's my daughter. She's because of that. She is 
fairly technology sound. She runs the computers better than my mom does. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but she sat down and said, okay, I want to go play this game. And she off she went and she didn't even have a question. The only time she had any questions were when I th- the, there was, uh, it was a, um, a text command that she, because she obviously can't read it for, uh, she couldn't read the command to see what she needed to do. But when I sat her in front of Tux Paint, she just, she sat and had fun painting pictures and they were basic scribbles, but she had a great time. So I have a feeling that this is probably going to be one of the, the, like you said, Mark, it's the 800 pound gorilla in the room, but they also have good things for primary school, which would be six to 12 secondary school, which would be 13 to 18. And then, um, university level type applications are, that's how they break them down. Um, and then the actual wording for that is if you already have Ubuntu installed, you go to the software center, just type in um, ed, edu-preschool or edu-primary, edu-secondary, um, or edu-tutor, and it automatically gives you that application package. So if you don't want to go out and – you can install them all yourself, but if you just wanted that whole suite of applications, you can get it that way as well. And there is a Kubuntu or a KDE version of this as well. Very good. Uh, and then the next one on the list is uh, similar to it. It's called Kimo. Q U I. Excuse me. No U. Q I M O. Kimo is also uh, an Ubuntu derivative, uh, but it is aimed specifically at the preschool lot. Uh, you know, four years old and down. Uh, it is uh, has a very uh, simple interface. Very large buttons. Very big mouse cursors. Uh, easy for for them to use, and all of the the games and all the the navigation is designed uh, for kids. Now I've used Edubuntu a lot. I have not used Chemo, so I can't speak uh, specifically to you know how well it works and or how good it is. But it's been around a while. Uh, it is an established product, um, and it's certainly one worth checking out. It's designed to be more what I think uh, our listener was looking for it's not designed for a classroom it's designed for uh use just in the home now i will say that the website hasn't been updated since late uh early 2012 january 2012 so it's not uh doesn't appear to be highly uh um developed but it's out there and since it's ubuntu based you know you're going to roll right along with all the ubuntu stuff so I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't worry too much about it being out of date. Uh, so I would encourage you to check out Chemo. Have you guys uh, used it at all? I have not. Nope. I was I was trying to watch or download. They have a virtual image that I was going to try to download today to play with it. But obviously, with my wonderful ISP um, dropping the connection every 15 minutes earlier today, <laughs> I wasn't able to do just. But I was able to do about um, nothing today. <laughs> so. I gotta love my local ISP. So I would say if Chemo does what it says on the label, it's probably perfect for a preschooler. But anybody you know five years old and older would get bored with it pretty quickly. But it is uh, still Ubuntu, so you could actually install the Edge Ubuntu stuff and the Chemo Chemo stuff on a same machine and switch back and forth between them if you wanted to. Well, and like. Uh, like I was just saying, with this one, have a virtual disc. You could grab it with, grab a copy of it, throw it into VirtualBox, and see what it actually looks like, and play with it a little bit, and see if it is what you're looking at doing. If it's not, the only thing you let you lost was the the time it took to download. That's a good point. Which, if your Seth is roughly nine weeks, if it downloads <laughs> right at all, so. Um. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one uh, that these guys put on the list uh, is sugar in all its variations. There's sugar on a stick, which is uh, for um, USB sticks, or you can buy sugar on a CD. Sugar is the operating system designed for the OLPC, the One Laptop Per Child product. Um, I have used best. sugar a little bit. I didn't like it, and so I wasn't going to uh, recommend it. But one of you guys put it in the notes, so I'm going to mention it. So what do you have to say about it? Well, I 
I'm the one who put it in there. Um, I downloaded it a little bit and I played around with it. And, you know, I mean, obviously I didn't use it a whole lot, but I thought it was kind of cool. Um, it was, it's designed for kids. Uh, you know, there's even like tutorials for like programming, like you can learn Python if you were into that. Uh, there's games, there's like, I know India, I know Sri Lanka, I know America, um, which is kind of like an overview geography lesson for younger kids. Um, lots of different things. It, it's kind of, um, it's not so much designed to be like a, a desktop with uh, applications or programming. It's just more, um, they're like called activities. So um, I think that they're, you would have no problem doing this uh, in a home or classroom. It just it I it just looked really cool. It seemed like something that a kid would like. Uh, well, and to be fair, I last used Sugar about eight years ago, so it uh, it was very it was on the OLPC, uh, and then I had a VM of it, so. Uh, it's probably matured a great deal. Yeah, they say since I last it, used it. it originated from the one laptop per child. It kind of grew out of that. So it's not, and it's a, it's a fedora spin. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of grown and it's matured a lot. And, uh, you know, I think they might've just got the Seth kiss of death because, you know, I loved Mego. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> so all you sugar fans out there, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry they killed it for you, but no, there's, there's lots of different things. I, I just think it's really cool. Um, I, I would suggest downloading it and giving it a try. Um, you know, cause you're only out, you know, you don't even have to install it. Uh, so you're only out the time it takes to download and, um, or you can do what I do sometimes when I'm going to be, um, playing, you know, I know Chris likes his VMs, but when I'm going to be playing with a uh, distribution, I like to go the full experience and I'll throw a blank hard drive in. Uh, my computer and I will just install it on there just so because you know I mean VMs are like 99.9% the real thing and sometimes you get weird issues in them and so I throw in a blank hard drive and not boot it up and see what happens yeah, only geeks need apply for that one so right. you have to have a blank hard drive handy you have to be willing to crack open the case and put it in and configure it so i would say that among our audience you're at a pretty high percentage of people who are willing to do that, do that but among the uh, population in general not so much yeah uh, true so you know, i'm you actually going to give this one a whirl and see i'm going to load it up next to um edbuntu and see what the preschool would rather you run That'd be an interesting comparison to see which one they would rather go with. All right. That would, so you have three distributions and a software package and, that hopefully uh, will point you in the right direction, Robert. And there's other software packages out there like OpenOffice has an OpenOffice for kids where it's like OpenOffice with a bunch of stuff stripped out. So you don't have right. all of the commands. But it, it's not like a different product. It's like a limited version, which, you know, when you're a kid, you can be overwhelmed sometimes by all the different options. So if you learn your way around that, then when you get all the extra menus and context things thrown in, then it's not a problem. So um, there's lots of stuff out there you can try. Well, Sugar gets a plus from me as well because they do support OpenID. So that may automatically makes them a little bit higher on my list of things I like. All right. Well, there you go. And just a quick aside, it doesn't have anything to do with anything, but you brought up open office, and so it made me want to rant. Uh, at my new job, we do lots of work with Excel spreadsheets, and specifically Excel spreadsheets, not just spreadsheets, Excel spreadsheets. Um, and one of the, the, I'm on a team of about eight different people, and we all have to track what we do on the same spreadsheet. And if you've ever tried to do this with Excel, you know that it is impossible. No matter how you do it, you cannot open more than one, well, you can open it, but you cannot edit more than one instance of an Excel spreadsheet. So the much of the day consists of picking up the phone and saying, hey, uh, Mike, could you uh, close the spreadsheet? I need to put something in there. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I was doing, I forgot something. Uh, and then somebody calls me, hey, Mark, uh, you, are you using it? Yeah, I'm, I'm using it. Give me a couple minutes. And I just got so frustrated. And I thought, has nobody at this company ever heard of Google Docs? Really? I mean, if only somebody had invented a mechanism by which multiple people could edit a document. It's called the web, people. But we can't <laughs> use it because we have to use Excel. 
Well, and Google Google Docs is not free for corporations of that size. So, but it costs less than Excel. That's true. That is true. So anyway, it's that whole HIPAA thing. We can't store our data anywhere else. Yada yada yada. But it just it it frustrated me, and, and I don't know what made me think of this, but um, it frustrates me when uh, policies get in the way of doing the job. You know, yeah. policies are supposed to help you do your job. But Mark, it's for the children. What are you, a communist pedophile? Uh, only on Thursdays. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's gonna that quote's gonna come back. If I ever run for office. <laughs> These you podcasts well alone, yeah, my work here uh, on the <clears throat> Element OP Production Company will sink any hope of ever having There's a political career. There must be another guy named Mark Cockrell. I've, I've never <laughs> said things in my life. Yeah. But the only problem is he's got video evidence that you know that people can dig up. So yeah, you're pretty much done. Burn all the video. Uh, so with that, we'll move right on to our tips of the week. And sure. Mr. Neves, do we have a command line tip of the week? We do, but it's not a command. It's a shortcut. Um, if you're like me and use the command line for just about everything, a lot of times you can save yourself typing by using Control-R. So what this does is it will search into your history of the commands that you've issued in the lifetime of that computer, and you can replay a command. So like app get update anybody instead of typing in the whole thing you go control r apt and you could already pick and you just control r through the list until you find the one you want hit enter enter and it runs so if you're doing lots of commands and you want to and you need to you know maybe speed up your type instead of typing them all out control r and then keep hitting control r to find the command that you want to that you want to use that's not one I'm familiar with. Is that uh, per session? Uh, does it get erased on a reboot? No, it does not because it goes into oh. your history file of the command. So it'll follow you from the point you logged in until you format the hard drive. Cool. So that's, it's, it's, that's a new one for me. It's like the up arrow, but it lasts longer than the session. Well, and it's a searchable right. up arrow. That's the important yeah. thing. Sweet. It's a searchable up arrow. So... You go control R, start typing in the command that you want to search, and it automatically filters out some of them, and you just keep control Ring through them until you find the one you want. Cool. That that would have been really handy back when I was a Linux administrator. Why didn't you tell me then? Because I didn't know you needed it, Mark. Yeah, sorry. I didn't run across I, you know, I ran I've known it for a while, but it was one of those things I was looking for it and I'm like, wait a minute, why am I doing this the hard way? And yeah. Control R to the rescue. I didn't know that I knew it. <laughs> yeah. that That is indeed a good one. Uh, Seth, do you have something equally good? Well, I have a two-for-one tip that goes hand-in-hand hand with the topic today. Um, it is a website with links to where you can get free audiobooks for children, as well as one for getting free ebooks for children. Um, they are over at techsupportalert.com slash free audio books for children and techsupportalert.com slash free books children. I'll put those links in the show notes and it basically it goes through and it tells you a bunch of different locations that you can find them. So you won't find them there, but you will find links to them there. Um, lots of different places. So I just So it's important to know, Seth, uh, are these in AUG format so that we can be truly open source? Um I will go out on a limb and I will say, yes, at least some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're free as in beer, if not free as in speech. So, Or free as in punch, <laughs> since it's for the children. <laughs> so. so, yeah, there's nice. two links there, one for PDFs and one for ebooks, but actually, or, or audiobooks, but actually you can get to both from both. Right. So it's really just that website is an index of free stuff right and i just you know yeah you can find them there but i the links just take you straight to that relevant post um anyway what I, was that website i can't remember i used to look for all my free ebooks uh on it back then you guys remember where where it was it's it was like uh something pub 
something and it never mind no idea well yeah. it was back it was back in the palm days wow um oh. no <laughs> no i no sorry i i had a palm and i bought um my brother asked me what i wanted for gutenberg press that was it gutenberg.org yeah the Gutenberg's- gutenberg press but uh, my brother asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I had him buy me a little um, cartridge with games on it. And so I used my Palm Pilot to play games. Uh, <laughs> with my, much like I use all my computers for, I play games on them. Uh, but yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> I right. play games a lot on mine. Especially with the new rig. Oh, Borderlands 2 is sweet. <laughs> I recently discovered a game that's not new, but I'll mention it for Android and iOS called Rope and Fly, R-O-P, the letter N, Fly. It's this goofy little physics game where you're like this ragdoll guy who falls and you have to like Spider-Man style fling out a web to a building and then he swings up and then you have to let go of the rope and then catch another building. And if you miss it, you go smashing to the ground and break into lots of pieces. I've spent way too much time on that game recently. Cool. They're both Googling it right now. I can see it. No, I'm looking for a different one for you to go look up, and I can't remember the name of it, so I'll have to look through my bookmarks for it. But I All think right. it's an, yeah, I think it's a, a phone game. because It's a browser-based game, too. So, Well, we'll leave that to, uh, as an exercise for the next show because it's time for us to wrap this thing up. We've been going for a while now. Uh, thank you, Robert, for your email, and thank you for the others. There have been a couple other people who've asked questions or uh, posed comments that will probably turn into show topics uh, in the very near future. Uh, we do appreciate that. If you would like to be as cool as Robert and uh, leave some feedback for us, you can do that over at elementop.com. You can use the Contact Us button. Uh, or you can go to the forums and leave an email. Uh, no, leave an email. Leave a forum. Uh, post in the forums. Or you can uh, email us at uh, edl at elementopi.com. Or you can call us at 559-IMOPC. All the options there. If you're a forum person, we got you covered. If you're a fill-in-a-form person, we got you covered. If you're a phone person, we got you covered. We got you covered any way you want to go. Uh, so check us out. Uh, let us know what you think and do check out the other shows on the network. Some of you guys uh, may have only listened to the show. Maybe you're new to the show. Check out the other shows uh, and lead, let, let us know what you think there as well. Any other thoughts, guys, before we say goodnight? Uh, topics, 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 and feedback. More. Give us more. They're like cookies for us. <laughs> Damn, we I'm do hungry. like to know you're out there. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap this up so Chris can go eat some yummy pork shoulder and banana bread and his daughter with the broken tooth will stand there and watch as he munches down. But it's fixed. She can have pumpkin bread now. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. And for now, that ends this episode of Everyday Likes. Everyday Likes.